0: And welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast, along with my partner, Brian Siegler. I am Curtis Wilson. And this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast is presented by Dr. Lord Jeremy Count at Main Street Pharmacy. If you love this podcast, the Hokies in the town of Blacksburg, make sure you are supporting Main Street Pharmacy when you make your way to town.
1: Whether you need prescriptions, a tube of toothpaste, or just want to say hello, let Jeremy and his team take care of you money you spend in Main Street Pharmacy goes towards the things you support. So next time you're in Blacksburg, head on down to 301 South Main Street. Buddy. Big night, man.
0: Huge night. Big night. Well, let's just let's just say it straight up, man. Last week we made an announcement that the Boundary Corner family was growing. One of our members had been on with us a couple weeks prior, Shelton Moss, our new sports analytics guy. Um, love Sheldon, he's going to be joining us in just a couple weeks and a lot throughout the year. But buddy, we're going to go from a from a three-man from a two-man band to a three-man band tonight. And without further ado, we welcome our new co-host, Jonathan Tally.
2: Tally, how are you tonight, sir? What's going on, guys? What is going on? Doing wonderful tonight, man. That's the last Earth time is- we're going to have to
1: bring you on Mid the, midstream man from here on out. We're gonna you, roll it from the gate.
2: Curtis and Brian had a baby, and that baby looked like <laughs> me. This is what you got. This is what we got. <laughs> the combination. Listen, the um, combination, baby. The
0: combination of Brian Curtis's tally. Listen, man. It is so awesome to have you now as part of this. With you know, you, you have such a great voice out there amongst Toki Nation. Um, you got a lot of great ideas a lot of great thoughts so for those who have not don't know you um let's get a little background you know who you are where you're from you know etc etc
2: yeah so i'm uh nobody calls. i'm seeing my name scroll across the bottom it says uh welcome aboard jonathan tally nobody calls me that so yes my real name is jonathan tally and uh Everybody either calls me tally or JT, but uh, I've been uh, in Alabama my whole life, born and raised here, small town called Columbia in Alabama. Um, went to a small high school called Shelby County High School. Uh, after high school, went to Jacksonville State, um, played you know basketball, baseball, and football, all my you know years coming up and then got pretty serious about football in high school. Ended up uh, having a severe uh, knee injury and figured out I didn't love sports as much as I thought I did, so I didn't progress with uh, with uh, football after that injury. Um, MCL, uh, ACL, and uh, PCL, meniscus as well. Tore all that up. Everything. 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 If it's in the knee, you tore it up. (laughs) Exploded, and this was you know 2004, so. Yeah, medicine was a little bit different. That, that, that wasn't then. that was a six to eight that, month
1: recovery like like it was. Yeah, is, it was a little
2: different back then. But <laughs> um, so still went to school. Still, you know, partied a lot and had some fun. But um, again, been here my whole life. I got a brother that's a little bit older than me. He's about twelve years older than me. When he graduated high school, he went to the navy. Like, graduated one day, went to the navy the next. So, um. He was stationed up in Norfolk, Virginia, and uh, visiting him and getting stuff from him, getting care packages from him, um, all consisted of Virginia Tech stuff. So him being 18, me being six at the time, you know, I kind of took, took took to the, to the Hokies back then. And yeah. of course, who doesn't love Michael Vick and the Vick family once you start watching the Hokies and they're on the field, so. I've uh, been following the following the uh following the hokies ever since, man. And um been been crying ever since as well, I man, guess. That's yeah. true, that's true. It it <laughs> is a, lot a rough lot of tears the over
1: them years, man. A lot of tears.
0: Tally, <laughs> let me ask you real quick, just because you mm-hmm. know you played obviously you played at a good enough level to get a collegiate scholarship to an FCS mm-hmm. school. What positions did you play? Just so when you chime in and say something about it, like all right, y'all, listen, he ain't just a guy that's talking shit. Right. Yeah. He, he I did. do a lot
2: of that. I do a lot of that. <laughs> well, that's okay too, but yeah. you got, you got some stuff yeah, to back definitely. it up though. Yeah, so I played tight end and defensive end, uh primarily tight end though. I I I made my money at tight end, nice. so. Um was in the trenches, man, and you know what I'm watching the game and I'm critiquing, that's why I start looking, you know. It's a lot of it's a lot of positions on the field that are, are glory positions that we all follow, but you know, I know guys like me and Brian. When you've been in those trenches, man, you you don't forget them. So, I'm looking at that line a lot of times and looking at the tight ends and things like that. So, um, it's it's been good though, man. We've had some uh, we've had some some fun times. I, like you said, I've knew you guys for three to four years now, and um, I'm I'm definitely excited to be here, man. It's uh, sometimes it's surreal. Like I said, even just seeing your name. Going across the bottom, it's kind of surreal to be like, okay, I'm a part, I'm a part of a podcast. You know, I had to tell some friends and family I had to go to a birthday party earlier. Hey, man, I got to get home. I got to record <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> I well,
1: love that. Yeah, we, we so love exciting. having you on
2: board. I mean, it's, it's, it's been something
1: that we've been, you know, kind of talking about for a while, and we're glad to mm-hmm. to be able to put it in motion and bring some of this new content out there to the to the listeners. To the listeners
0: yeah, all right so we're we go, we gonna go in roll call here because we got to find out yours brian your first
1: game in laden stadium was year game um i was in rutgers it was uh oh two the kevin jones
0: insane got trapped in the corner run and cut it back is the game he his first yes game. sir yes sir. mine was oh three ucf d hall playing everywhere literally that game um my, our buddy, got rest his old Brian Wilkerson, and a friend of ours, Blair Waller, took me to that game now 20 years ago. So, Tally, you got to tell everybody, what was your first game in Lane? 2016.
2: 2016? Yeah, 2016, Miami uh, came to town. I think it was a Thursday night It was night a game. Thursday night game. Thursday night game. It was a Thursday um, night game. A great game to go to, man. A great game to go to Thursday night, Lane Stadium. Me and a buddy, we went to college together. Uh, he's a a tech fan as well. He's not as active, um, on social media, but we've been up to, been up to Blacksburg a couple of times together and we knew nobody. We just said, you know, we've been Virginia tech fans all through college and we make enough money to go to a game. Let's go to a game. So there we go. Came up to the Miami game, man. And it was, uh, we, his car, I remember we parked, I can't remember what the store is, but it's a store. That's like on the other side of the bookstore, like a gas station. It's not really a gas station, I don't think, but it looks like a gas station. Okay. Convenience store. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, though. But it's on the same side of the road as the bookstore, uh, but just maybe a block down the road. And we parked there, and his car got towed. <laughs> <laughs> the Blacksburg. So that, was, that was our first introduction to Blacksburg, and 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 uh in and, in and, and, and the cops there so so, so from his fourth
1: you will uh, you will let our our sponsor uh at Main Street Pharmacy there know you're in town so you can just park over <laughs> yeah. there at the pharmacy <laughs> definitely call Jeremy up i man <laughs> what he la- drives
2: a he drives an orange challenger oh man so it wasn't it wasn't hard to spot it was gone <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right so one last piece of the puzzle here: sixteen Miami Thursday night game. We we smack them down.
2: And you've been a fan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Who's your favorite hokey? My favorite hokey, it's got to be Mike, man. All right, it's got to be Mike Vick, and I know that's cliche, but like I'm, I, it's deeper to me than just football. You know, watching him, I'm a, I'm a big Kobe fan as well. And you know, it's not that I want somebody to get in trouble, but to watch somebody. Go through adversity and bounce back like they've done, Mike yeah. and Kobe. It, it's crazy, and to meet like I met Mike in a in a Cracker Barrel here in Huntsville, Alabama. It's like I can't not say Mike. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of other people in there. That I think I love. you told
1: that story the first you, time you came on with oh this. Yeah. So I remember you did. Like somebody told
2: you, Mike Vick was in Cracker Barrel, and you got in your I'm car there. and drove like, right. Like I'm at home, sleep. <laughs> And I've got a buddy who was a head server at Cracker Bear, and He was calling my phone, and I usually put my phone on vibrate when I when I sleep. Like I had woke up and went back to sleep, and then I wake up and it's like thirty missed calls. And he's like, <laughs> "Dude, do you understand? Mike Vick is here." And I'm like, "Michael Vick ain't there." And he's like, "Mike Vick is here right now." So I just grabbed my Mike Vick jersey and like beelined it to because it's about ten minutes away. Yeah, but the crazy thing was he told Mike I was coming. Like he was like, "Hey, I got a buddy that is a big Virginia Tech fan, and he wants to meet you." And he was like, "Tell him to take his time. Just we'll we'll hang out till he gets here." So that was pretty cool, man. And he he was like so down to earth. Marcus was there as well, uh, but they were just like in there by themselves, just chilling. You know, Cracker Barrel, a whole bunch of old white people. Nobody knew who they was. <laughs> I come in there. I'm like got my hokey stuff on. I got my jersey over my over my shoulder, and like almost starstruck, six to 380 hundred and eighty-pound man wanting to cry because he's meeting his childhood hero. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> awesome, dude. That, that was awesome. crazy.
2: But that that was a that was a that was a great time, man. And um, again, just to, for 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 me to meet him and him to be as humble as he is to be. Everything he's done in his life, it was it was a pretty good it was a pretty good uh, experience.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Him at him hanging out until you got there too. Like you know, oh yeah, yeah, take your time. Yeah. We'll, we'll be here hanging. We'll yeah. just be here hanging at the Cracker Barrel in the middle of Alabama. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. just gonna got old white
1: people eating chicken fried steak next to him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. Exactly. And you got Marcus and Mike walking in with Louis bags, and, uh, <laughs> stuff, and everybody was looking like, "What's going on?" But they didn't. Awesome. Nobody, that, now, once I started taking pictures, I think people started like he's somebody famous. Let's figure out what's That's going on. Let's figure out who this guy is. Don't mm-hmm. take long after that. I got my I got my uh, signatures and left. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for waiting for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, we'll go home because I know you want to probably eat and go back to wherever you're going. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Tally, again, it's awesome that you are now going to be joining us. And you know what? We we thought we had this rundown. We got together about what. 9 o'clock this morning, went through things. Hey, we ready to go. And, of course, what happens this afternoon that the breaking news comes out, Andy Bitter first reported it, come from Justin Williams at The Athletic, that quarterback coach Brad Glenn is going to be taking over as the Cincinnati Bearcats offensive coordinator and uh, quarterback coach in a statement from Brent Pry. He just basically says he wants to congratulate Brad on his new opportunity at Cincinnati as the OC, he realized uh, his long-standing relationship with Scott Satterfield, the coach uh, at Cincy, who was previously at Louisville. Um, basically, a lot of time with them there. He's thankful for Brad and his support in his career, and they appreciate his family's time and wish him the best. Um, uh, it's really late in the process, but I'm gonna blame Brian for this because his Colts decided to go hire the Cincinnati OC just a couple days man, ago. Cults. It's my fault now. It's the Colts' fault. It's, it's
1: the Colts' fault. Man. Okay. I
0: but, but but guess let's, but, but let's be real, y'all. Um it is not the best time. We are about three weeks away, right? I'm on a new computer here. What three weeks away from spring three, ball getting three or four weeks away, yeah. More, yeah, three or four to weeks four. away from three spring balls. Yeah. yeah from getting going, and now we're at a point where we're going to have to bring in a new quarterback coach or someone, maybe an offensive analyst, um, and, and we've got to figure this out. So, Tally, I, I'll leave with you. When you when you read this stuff today, what was your first couple thoughts?
2: I'm a little different, man. You know, I was like, so what? I hate to say it like that, but it was like I didn't really have a feeling toward it because I haven't paid much attention to Brad Glenn, um, I'm sure he's a great coach, a great guy. Uh, for him to get a raise and, you know, to go up in, in job, because I think he's the OC where he's going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm he's sure he's got some up. skill. But I hadn't, I hadn't seen his value at Virginia Tech yet. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was crazy news to me that he was leaving again. Not great timing, so that is a little bit alarming. Like, what are we going to do? In typical Virginia Tech fashion, they're probably going to hire from within, promote somebody until next year or something. But when you talk about maybe recruiting or even some of the um, primary pieces that he was coaching, a lot of times they mentioned Bowen more than they mentioned Glenn, or from what I heard. So it wasn't it. I wasn't up in arms. You know Kay. what I'm saying? Like if somebody would have said Chris Marv is leaving today. Or Tyler Bowen's leaving today, I'd have been like, oh, there's the season. You know what I mean? It yeah. would have hit me a little different. Gotcha, you. So gotcha. When they said when they said Glenn is leaving, it was just like, okay, we got to replace him, but yeah. you know, for, for what we are, I think we're okay. Got it. Brian?
1: Yeah, I, I kind of felt separately. I, I mean, I was looking at it and I was like, all right, well, because I'm I'm kind of indifferent on the value that Brad Glenn was bringing at this point. Because when we looked at it, we saw, you know, we, we looked at it, we got not the greatest output last year, but you weren't working with a whole lot. But Brad hadn't done a whole lot on the recruiting trail either. You know, a lot of the guys that have been brought in, even quarterbacks, um, had been, you know, Bowen guys. Um, so especially we look at Kyron Drones in particular, that was a guy that Bowen went out there. He got uh, to, to bolster up the quarterback room. So when we look at it from that perspective – you know, a lot of a lot of my opinion on whether this is good or bad for the Hokies gonna depend on who the next guy is. Um, if it's, it's right. a internal promotion, then it's probably a net negative because yeah. we're, we're probably looking at a drop off in terms of overall coaching ability. Mm-hmm. Whether we're you know getting a little bit of that back on some of the recruiting side, that's to be seen, but. Um, on the, from that front, that's when it would be a negative. But if we go out and get somebody that has some, you know, either G five or Power Five experience to come in and take that role, then um, I think that might potentially be a net positive, especially if that person has, you know, has shown some aptitude on the recruiting trail before us, and especially if they've been recruiting in this footprint.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm with y'all on the way. I mean, I don't like the timing of it, but as far as Brad Glenn goes, this was his first Power 5 job. Brad had been a coach, you know, in the collegiate ranks since 2005. He was at App State forever, Western Carolina, Georgia State. So this was his first step up. And then having the relationship with Scott Satterfield. um, Okay, there's Robbie. as one of our coaching buddies there, Tally, that you will meet soon. Trust me. And I think y'all are going to hit it off great. Um, But it's also a friend. Him and Scott Satterfield coached together for quite a few years up at App State. They had a relationship. And then you're saying for us is like, hey, can you blame him? Hey, come be my OC, double your pay, be in charge of everything. We're going to the Big 12 next year. No. And if for nothing else, and again, it's going to look at as far as Brent Pry goes, it's like, well, wait a second. If you come here, you might have an opportunity to take a step if you have those connections, because, you know, even though it wasn't the best output and even though Brad's not the best recruiter, I think Brad's probably a good, solid collegiate football coach. But what we're talking about, and it's like where Brian's saying, like it's, it's neutral right now, depending on who we hire is, he wasn't in on drones. That was Bowen. He wasn't in on Pop Watson. Who's the guy we flipped the four star that was flipped at the end of the cycle last time. So, you know, it's like, it sucks. It's close. But you feel like we can probably put someone there, maybe not as good as a coach, but maybe a better recruiter, which in this day and age, you know, you've got to be able to recruit. And let's talk about replacements. You know, Brian just threw, I mean, Robbie just threw a name up there that I hadn't even thought about. Brian Crispin, been an been a, been a offensive analyst here for a couple of years. Does he get his shot?
2: possibly possibly and yeah I mean, is, we, we got we got somebody on the roster that's
1: done done some of that i mean chris has done some of that we got another guy that's younger that's done some of that so we got a, probably a couple guys that could be looking in line for a promotion and Tally, i'll let you go ahead well, and go on your point yeah there. so
2: my thing is if you look at the quarterback room and you look at the quarterback position from last year can it get worse <laughs> i mean i'm not trying statistically to ready, wise right? no yeah, it so Why, no, no. Can it get worse? We have nine interceptions, nine touchdowns from yeah. our quarterback. Did anybody else throw a touchdown pass? Did Brown
0: maybe? No. Not to no.
2: Can it get worse? And like, if not. it does get worse, we in trouble anyway. Burn it down. <laughs> burn it we gotta down. <laughs> get a new head coach. <laughs> but there's other names, so, you know. I don't I don't think I think that I ain't gonna say you can just put anybody in there, but yeah, if you put uh, somebody internally in there. I don't think that you can get worse than we were. There you go.
3: That's
2: a good. And, one. I, and, and and also, just say drones comes in and he tears it up this year. What what do you do? I mean, with the with the job. It's true. You, if the guy who's coaching them, do you say it's his? He done it, and then you promote him full time out. It's a lot of ways to go. A lot of a lot ways, of to, ways go. to go.
0: And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks here um, about that position. And I don't think we're going to be waiting long. I mean, our plan is probably come on here next week. I I got a feeling there's going to be one in place by then. We're going to be talking about it. So let's roll on. Um, Last week, and this was after Tally joined, but he was at work one day making the bread because we, you know, we are three full-time. We have our professional careers. We have our husbands. We are fathers, so there's gonna be times where only one of us or two of us. Uh, oh, oh, really? That's why you want Brian Chris, huh?
1: <laughs> Was he there when you played? Nah, he wasn't. Okay. What 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 the, what the Ryan Silverfield situation? Okay, what the Ryan Silverfield situation? <laughs> but
0: um, we, you know, we we have a lot of stuff going on. So last week, last Thursday evening, me and Mister Siegler here got to sit down with. Starting offensive lineman, Caden Moore. Got to talk with him. So we're going to play that interview for you guys. We're going to play that interview for y'all now. Um, It was a really good time. Caden's a great young man, fun to talk to. Um, He might have revealed some information he wasn't supposed to reveal. But, hey, breaking news, in just a few minutes, you're going to hear something from Caden Moore that might shock people because I don't know if it's been on boards or talked behind the scenes. But, Brian, let's roll the Caden Moore interview. Caden Moore out of Freedom High School in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. All-American freshman in 2021, also a Triumph NIO athlete. And Brian, what'd
1: you say? He's number 68 in the program's number one in your heart, though. We got Caden Moore jumping on with us tonight. Caden, how you doing?
3: Good, how are you? We're doing, doing good, the, man.
1: Doing, we're doing real good
3: tonight, man. Just, just finished
0: a little dinner here. Um, in the RVA, glad you're able to hop on with us, and uh, I try not to keep you too long. It's Thursday night; we know you got a lot to do, so uh, we really appreciate you joining us.
3: Appreciate you having me here.
0: Awesome. Well, listen, let's let's start right here because we see the pictures, we see the videos from the winter workouts. How's the body feeling about a month into the off-season strength and conditioning program?
3: Um. So far, it's been it's been pretty good. Uh, uh, on the off season, we we went we went home for uh, the December break. I had a like a plan to like lose a little bit of weight, um, you know, start feeling good, like be ready to run. Because I know we come back and you know, it's all running. So <laughs> right into it. <laughs> I'm at a good weight. I'm at a good strength right now. I'm like building. So I feel yeah, it's been good. It's awesome to hear. That's also, and I know that uh,
1: I know Coach Pry kind of preaches that uh, that that competition in the in those strength and conditioning drills. How's how's that going for you so far?
3: Oh, uh, it's been good. Um, yeah, I love Coach Pry. He's, he, I love the the competition aspect he brings to like everything. You know, practice. You know, hunger drills, even workouts. Like at at, at the end of every um, hunger drill, we do like three different versions of competition, wh- whether it be tire pull, uh. A team, a team one is the the tug of war, and then they have the horse and chariot where they put like five hundred pounds on a sled. They put it on your back and you just have to pull it. There so, yeah, go. there's a lot of it's definitely fun. It's a good way to like end the hunger drill. End it off with a right. Um, I got a right step, but I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's definitely it's definitely good. Which of those three is your favorite? Um. Well, the the um. The chariot one was introduced like last week and I did that. For the, I was the first one to do it and I, I don't know it's it's weird it's like you're dragging it but like you're, like you're on all fours and you're okay. dragging it and you have to make sure you're on the ground and like you're pulling it and the weight's coming up but like you have to like it's hard to explain like you have to like balance how much rope you pull and how far it goes cuz if you pull too hard at once it's all going to go forward and then you're not going to you're going to have a lot of rope left that makes sense
1: yeah, yeah, so you get like almost pulling it too too fast. It's going to kind of dig yeah, in and, yeah. and it's
3: not going to come with you. Got you. Yeah, so I'd say probably the tire pull because that's like one-on-one. You know, you're like you're getting it out the mud, like against another man. So, I mean, probably the tire pull.
0: Are you all going against defensive players when you all do that or is it is it O-line, mano, a mano?
3: Oh, uh, he likes to mix it up. He puts, you know, he does like quarterback versus quarterback and like quarterback battles. But usually for O-line, it's usually versus D-line. Nice. Very, very nice. Who, so since
1: we're doing that, who's your favorite person to go up against in the tire pull?
3: Well, last year, they put me up against my brother. That was probably my favorite person. Because, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just brother on brother. Like, you know, that's the most, like, pure competition, even from, like, yeah. when you were kids. So that was probably my favorite one. Yeah, and it, it definitely takes you back, probably. It's like, yeah, I've, I've been doing this my whole
1: life. Like, let <laughs> <Yeah, I agree. laughs> <exactly. Yeah. laughs> Alright, so let's 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 pivot it this way. Um this offseason season into spring, uh what's one part of your game that you're trying to focus on?
3: Uh, I don't know if this is part of the game, but I definitely like my leadership. Uh I want to like become the like the leader of the O line, leader of the hogs, um, you know, embody that leadership like mindset. I think last year we had great leaders like Silas and obviously they are going to the NFL. So, I mean, I'm the next up, me and Parker. So, I mean, just being a leader, being vocal, you know, being the, the head of the group is basically what I'm trying to get better at.
0: Man, we, we love hearing that because back last month, we, we did an episode called Alpha Dogs, and we talked about the O-line, and we talked about losing John, about losing Silas, and, I, and I'm going to be straight up, Brian brought your name up. He said, yeah. I think Caden can take that step, and man, I love hearing that that's what strive for because as you know, fans of this football team, we know how good you played last year. And it's great to see that you're ready to step into that role. Um and I, I know the fans out there are gonna be glad to hear it as well. Um yeah. you you came to Blacksburg by way of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Who was recruiting you the hardest when you were a prospect? And what were the factors that kind of led you to pick
3: Virginia Tech? Um. Well, my recruiting was really quiet for the, for the most part. I mean, I only had two FBS offers with Bowling Green and Virginia Tech, and then the rest were I think they got five STS. I don't remember which ones they were. I think Monmouth, Robert Morris, some other ones. But um, definitely Bowling Green. They they recruited me for like a whole year. Like sent me letters. Um, called me every day. Saw me in school every day. Um, so yeah, they recruited me hard, um, but you know I was wanted to like when I when Tech came in to come see me. That was like I want to go to Tech. Like that was that was my mindset. So I went to I went to like three camps. I still didn't get an offer. I was like maybe maybe it's just not right. And the Sunday before the last signing day, I got a call from um, the old um, O line coach Vice, and I mean mm-hmm. they offered me. I went the official and I just committed. Nice. Very nice to see. And let's talk about that a little bit. So, you committed
1: and then uh, you kind of burst onto the scene in 2021 with a big year after being in the 2 deep during the COVID year. Um, you turned that into 13 starts, freshman All American, second team selection by the Athletic. What do you think played the biggest role in your early
3: success in Blacksburg? Uh, I definitely 100% say um, Brock Hoffman. I mean, from the first moment I stepped foot on that campus, like he took me under his wing, literally taught me almost everything I know up to this time. Um, I mean, he was like the the leader for me when I was young, like even my first year, like it wasn't he's a senior, I'm a freshman, he's not going to talk to me. Like it was, he saw like my potential and he was like, I'm going to like, he kind of said that like me and him were kind of the same in some aspects of our game like the, the aggressiveness, the you know, like driving people and finishing up. So he kind of took me under his wing from an early standpoint and you know, taught me stuff that he wasn't doing with other people. So, I mean, I feel like that was one of the big things for me at a young age or at a young time and coming in here.
0: Yeah, that, that has to make you feel good because Brock, you know, for those couple years he was here, he was the leader of that O-line. And now he's obviously, I mean, finding success, staying, you know, with Cleveland for a while and then being on Dallas's roster. Um, i love hearing that though um and have you kind of taken that role have you have you uh, other than your brother obviously uh, have you taken any of the young guys now that because like you said you're kind of you're kind of the older guy in that room now
3: yeah i mean i mean i'm trying my i I'm, I'm trying to um like learn how to be that leader learn how to be the guy that um like shows the young guys the way to go um but yeah I'm, i say i'm tr- yeah i'm trying that's that's what i'm trying to say i'm trying Good. i'm trying to learn how to do it i should say Love hearing that. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, let's talk. Let's keep talking about the offensive line a little bit here. Um, we know that there were some up and downs last season, um, but the the ship kind of steadied out towards the end of the season. Um, were there any shifts in philosophy or preparation that kind of allowed the offensive line unit to gel in November?
3: Um, I'd say Coach Rudolph was the the real reason for any gelling, he really just, he puts people together in practice and he pretty much figures out who's the best on which side. So he thought Jesse was good with Silas and he thought I was good with Parker. Because me and Parker, we played last year. Uh, I think we started six six out of the, the 12 or 13 games. And we, I mean, mm. I feel like we meshed pretty good. So he wanted to keep us together. And Silas already had the left um, tackle spots. So, I mean, I feel like that was one of the, the driving forces in the gelling.
1: Is uh is he looking at um any sort of you know position changes or anything like that across the guys that are returning this year or kind of cross training folks in different positions?
3: Yeah, so um I've adopted um, the center role and me and like me and Brandon have basically been rotating, but I'm trying to like pick up and be the like the center from like for this year. So I'm trying to I've never been like a center, I've never, like, snapped. So, I mean, I've been practicing since the end of the season. So, yeah, um, I mean, I've, I've definitely gotten better. And I know, like, all the techniques <laughs> and stuff. So, basically, just trying to figure out, like, how to get better at that position. Because, I mean, I've been a guard. I was a tackle in high school, like, if yeah. you believe But, yeah, you
1: <laughs> so, trying to, like, yeah. C- kind of slowly moving, moving down the line, right? Kind of moving down the line.
0: Exactly. Man, y- you're gonna have like everything on your resume by the time it's you know, you know maybe even next year at this time going into the uh, going into the draft. Like I played center, I played guard, I played left, I played right, I played tackle. I can do yeah. anything you want. <laughs> I right. like hearing that, man. <laughs> um, you did you have had two coaches since being here? You know, Coach uh, Coach Vance Vice, um, and now one year under Coach Rudolph. What's the one thing you learned from? Each of those gentlemen that has helped you become a better player.
3: Um, I definitely say in my career, uh, I think it was a blessing that I had Coach Vice in my first two years because he taught me like grittiness. Like he taught me like I don't know, like his his mentality was like kill. Like he taught me how to be like a like a warrior. Like young age doesn't matter. Like you just put your head down and work it wasn't it wasn't much technique to it but you were hitting people every day with yeah. your head so and then coach um rudy comes in and he's all technique so i mean i'm learning all the hand placement feet placement uh like everything i need to know to build me into the, a complete line if that makes sense I, like, i'll Nancy say it. this
1: cause, yeah so i mean you, you you talked about being a leader but you also get uh, a player along alongside your brother there um yeah, he was he got a, you know a lot a lot of run last year at, at left guard. Um what's it like having your little brother on the team? Um just being able to play beside him, um I know is, is that something that you have kind of been experiencing for a while and there's just kind of a, a natural progression or is it something that that takes getting used to?
3: Well, I mean, when he started getting recruited, um he started getting some big offers like, you know, bigger than mine obviously. Yeah, like Pitt and you know West Virginia. So I was like, I don't know, but I was basically like, you need to come here. Like, you need to like be a part of this because like we're building something. But um, yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, just like high school. Um, there's a chemistry there. We're basically like the same person to me. Um, we have like the same characteristics, like the same uh, like everything like what we laugh at is the same thing. Like um, I feel like our aggressiveness is the same thing. Like I don't know. I feel like we're just the same person. So. It's just easy to, like, be next to him because I already know what he's like. He's going to do.
0: Man, I love hearing aggressiveness and nastiness because I can remember Brian's the tape viewer here. I can't look at football tape. I, I don't have that skill Brian does. And yeah. I can remember him, I remember the first time you looked at Caden's tape because that was, the like, one of our first episodes, like, nasty. Trials mm-hmm. people doesn't stop until literally two seconds <laughs> after the whistle. And then when we recruited Braylon, it was, a, you said it was the same way. Like, so when I hear it, it's like, y'all are the same person on the football field. Y'all definitely are.
2: Yeah, y'all play, are
1: play style. Definitely very similar. So, I mean, I definitely tell you came from the, from the same <laughs> spot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but what's it, what's it like? Cause there were plays last year. Y'all were on the field at the same time. And I know y'all have done that your whole life, but yeah. when there's, you know, a bust a big run and you see it on tape and I know, I know that's technical. That's work for y'all. But is there like a spot where it's like, oh look at us. Look at the, he got the combo, he got upfield, I held the guy, turn like what's that feel knowing that's blood on the other side of it?
3: It's definitely cool. I mean, Sundays is the day that we come in and all watch like um like the tape together as a, as an offensive line. And it's definitely cool to like see him like progress because he, he started here as a D lineman um mm-hmm. in the summer. Yeah. They they made him in or in the spring and then they made him into a O lineman. They brought him for the O line um, for the summer, the spring summer, yeah. And you know, I see how much he's grown um, up to this point. It's just like that's the best thing for me. Like when he first got to O line, I, I mean, I didn't know if he was gonna be ready to block like you know, like Narell Pollard or um, Rio, but I mean, he he was ready. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's the best thing. Just seeing his growth and. how mature he's become and even like being like a little um young leader so i mean it's awesome that is awesome i got yeah because he would have have
1: picked that up pretty quick because you know you talk about you know there's there's not a ton of of time to kind of get get that learning like spring is when a lot of that install happens and when a lot of the kind of the building blocks are there and he was he was on defensive line that whole time so it's it's awesome seeing how quick he was able to pick that up and be a contributor you know, his first year uh, on offensive line for the Hokies. That's awesome.
0: Now now I have a question for you. Did, did, were you and Coach Rudolph Sears saying,
3: listen, you got to get him over here. You got to get him on the line. (laughs) I mean, I've seen some of his film. I mean, um, he wasn't a bad D lineman. I just felt like we needed him at O-line more than we needed him at D-line, if that makes sense. And I knew that he could be like a potential starter or even someone we could plug in and play. Early, so I mean, I feel like that it was just better for him and for the team.
1: Yep, makes a team better, better opportunity for him to get on the field quick, and so it's always a good yeah. thing. Um, let's let's ask this so you know, we talked about the offensive line room a lot already. So, who's the funniest person in the offensive line room right now?
3: Who funniest person in the offensive line room? I mean, I'm probably gonna. It would, Besides Braylon, because that's probably who I'm gonna say. Okay. Yeah.
2: Besides your brother. <laughs> Besides
3: you... your brother, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can vote say,
1: yourself if you want to.
3: <laughs> I probably have to say uh, Xavier Chaplin. I mean, it's it's a different humor because he doesn't he doesn't talk that much. So I mean, you have to get to know him for him to talk to you. But once he uh-huh. opens up, he's probably the funniest old lineman on that on our old line.
1: Is, is he, like, dropping the one-liners, like, kind of in the background, exactly, just like dropping yeah. the hilarious yeah. one-liners?
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. like, yeah. This wasn't – this is not on the rundown list, but I have to ask this. I told Brian I was going to ask this earlier today. All the offensive linemen goes to an all-you-can-eat buffet. At the end, who has the plates stacked the highest?
3: <laughs> uh Hmm. Who eats the most?
0: Who eats the most on the offensive line?
3: I'm going to have to go with either Jack Hollifield. There we go. He, he gained so much weight so quick. He had like <laughs> he had to eat a lot. Or, uh, or X because he's massive. So, I mean, he has to <laughs> eat a lot too. So
0: it's either because how big he is, X, or because Jack went from what like a two hundred and fifty tight end to an exactly. offensive lineman. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, yeah, got- yeah. Jack put on like forty five pounds since he got to Blacksburg, and I think he had put on ten or fifteen between when he committed and when he got on campus. So he's like plus sixty <laughs> yeah. since he signed. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Let's uh, let's ask this next. So so we'll, we'll keep it in the in the lineman room. Uh, what's the go-to competitive game in the players' lounge amongst the O-line?
3: Oh, it has to be Injustice. Um, on the on the um PS five. All so, right. So when we do um, hunger drills, we come in at uh what is it five? Or six o'clock is when they start, and they usually end around like eight. And then we have two workout groups: one at eight, and then one at ten. So we have that whole entire time until ten. To um, just do whatever, and we usually just go all go up to the players' lounge, just play Injustice or like play NBA. So I mean, either Injustice or NBA is definitely the game that we play. All
1: right, who's the who's the the, the character of choice for you in
3: Injustice? I'm gonna have to go with Scarecrow. He got there the you. he got the um the thing with the chain on it, so he goes far. So I don't yeah. really have to go. To people.
0: Documented Scarecrow is the Injustice character for Caden Moore. Yeah, all man. right. So for, it's like this is long-standing tradition for, I think, just about every offensive lineman or any player we've ever um, interviewed here. We know that basketball is one of those big kind of off-season, stay in shape, stay competitive together. Who's the best hooper in the offensive line room?
3: Uh, last year, I would have said Silas because he is, like, athletic. Like, i never seen a big man dunk like him. but. <laughs> Uh, on the old line, I'd probably say, like nobody because I've seen them all play and they are all really bad. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah I see some clips of, uh, of Xavier uh, dunking, dunking pretty good. I don't, I don't, I don't, know if he's got a got any sort of other game. If his, uh, he's, if he's a playmaker or if he can do anything else, but he can definitely throw it down a little bit.
3: Yeah, he said he could dunk. I mean, I, t- I told him to go up and dunk. By I me, mean, his knee. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that was an excuse or he can't
1: do (laughs) it. He said, not right now. Not right now. I'll show off later.
3: Exactly.
0: Awesome. One last thing we ask just about every player coach that ever comes on here with us. What is your go to food spot in Blacksburg?
3: Go to food spot in Blacksburg. Got to be Chipotle. Chipotle, probably like three or four times a week. I have to. (laughs) I love Chipotle. What's the order? What's the order? I do a bowl uh you want the whole order or just like what i get? just 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 the highlights just the highlights all right and then i get a, a side tortilla and i put the half of it in a tortilla and then i eat that and then i eat the bowl there you go so you get things in one basically
1: that, that's the move right there that's always the move tortilla on the side is always the move get the bowl exactly. tortilla on the side Wait a second. Exactly.
0: They let you put the tortilla on the side? I
1: didn't know that. Yeah, order the bowl, get a tortilla. It's like 50 cents or something like Is that put to the tortilla on the side. And you can make oh, your own burrito. I you make know. your own burrito, and then you eat the bowl after. Oh, man, exactly. things
0: you things you find out talking to tech football players. OK, <laughs> man, listen, best of luck getting through the West of winter workouts. Best of luck in the spring and the fall if we don't speak to you before then. We really appreciate you joining us here tonight.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I really um, appreciate you guys having me. And I had a, definitely had a great time. Appreciate you, Caden. You have a good one. Appreciate it, man.
1: And we're back. Well, that was Caden Moore. He joined us uh, last Thursday. We got to uh, chop it up with him for a little while there. I hope everyone enjoyed that interview. So we're going to kind of – we're going to break things down a little bit here.
0: A little bit. First of all, Brian, you didn't unmute our mics. I'm over here talking my A off, and you forgot to unmute us all when we got back.
1: I was I was getting there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: let's let's chat a few things here because there were some obviously some interesting pieces brought up that I didn't know about. But I want to talk about this first, and from both of y'all who have played, you know, high school collegiate ball, and I'll pitch to Brian first because he is the offensive lineman tally. I'm not 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 throwing you under the bus, but I'm good with it. When he mentioned the difference in the OL coaches, when he talked about Vance Vice really being a lot of mentality driven. Versus Rudolph being a technique,
1: are you shocked, Brian, that there were issues at that position last year? I'm not really shocked. So what it's telling me is that there was a lot of things when Rudolph got in there that he was like, "All right, well, we got to kind of reset, hit the reset button, get back to square one a little bit to build out the technique." Because it sounds like from from Rudolph's perspective, he he's gonna he's gonna give you the the building blocks and then that's when the mentality comes into play once you've got all the building blocks in place. Um, whereas it sounds like Vice's mentality was go out there and be a dog. And as long as you know the play and you're going full speed, we'll work everything else out in the, in the wash. Um, that, that's going to be get worked out in the film room or whatever. Um, so it sounds like there wasn't a whole lot of, or at least as much, kind of the building block techniques. You, you know, he you talked about hand placement, steps, things like that. And, you know, a, a lot of that you learn in high school, but there's, you know, when you're translating that into a new system, you know, you, you definitely need to kind of work on those, those foundation uh, techniques to, to really elevate your craft. Um, so I, I think a lot of that was Joe kind of turning things around and saying, all right, we got to get back to technique, but then some of the issues come in when, you know, you, your brain, you're thinking too much and, and you're not just kind of getting where you need to go. And you saw it more with some players than others. I think, you know, we talked about it a lot here, you know, last year watching game tape and things like that. Looks like th- people were thinking too much. We talked about how that led to a lot of the offsides. We talked about how that led to some misassignments and things like that. It's like, you know, sometimes when when your brain is, is doing a little too much, your feet don't do what they need to do.
0: Tell me what you got. I mean, you were mentioned a little earlier today to us about you play tight end on the line mm-hmm. and you hear Brian, you know, Rudolph's technique versus dog. And you were like, well, when you're on the line, there's every, there's a million things going
2: on. Yeah, that's it. There's a lot. There's a lot going on on that line, man. Anybody who's ever been in the trenches and kind of, you know, live that live that life. Um, you've got a million things you got going on. You got your quarterback calling plays, you got your center calling plays, you got their linebacker moving their line, you got linemen that are telling each other where to twist and where to go. And then you got people that's just being assholes that's talking to you from the other side. So if you haven't been in that world, you know, it's easy to say, well, how do they jump off sides? But you haven't been down in there. You don't catch all of that stuff on TV where you have a million people talking and a million people moving. Um, And like Brian said, sometimes it's just thinking too much because you know what you're supposed to do or you think you know what you're supposed to do and something comes in and gets you off of that. Or somebody comes in and says something to you that you're just ready to punch, you know, so... Um, it's a lot that goes on on that line. And I think we've seen it a lot of times where we had, and I don't even want to use the word young players, but we may have had inexperienced players at certain places that caused some of the extra movements and things that we had. Especially if you hadn't had a coach to tell you, you got to, your first step has to, your, your, this hand has to move with your first step or when you take this step, you have to punch this way. You just have some coaches just say, hey, just go hit somebody. You know, but at the next level, I can't remember exactly which offensive lineman it was, and I may have dreamed it, but I think somebody did an interview or they talked and they said when they went to the league, they had a they had to learn how to play. They had to learn how to be an offensive lineman. Can't remember who it was, but I need to do some research and figure it out, but not talking bad about vice. I think he has some good stuff, but I don't think he was a very technical coach. You know, listening to, listen to the Cadence, uh interview, he, 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 he pretty much told people just go hit. So. Yeah. Uh, and,
1: and when you're, when you're running a lot more of that zone too, I mean, there, a lot of that's already taught in high school. So when you're a very zone heavy scheme, you know, a, a lot of that probably came into play with why it wasn't as technical. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, well, they, you know, these guys are coming in I recruited them from you know zone systems that they played in high school they more or less know technique wise what they need to do I need to get them from a mentality standpoint to a level where they can play against power five players and, and that was probably how he approached it and it sounds like Joe Rudolph has a different perspective especially because we are bringing in more gap schemes and more you know complex, uh, blocking schemes that 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 we're looking at up front now you gotta have technique if you're gonna do that that stuff. Yeah you so just have technique.
0: Just hearing y'all talk about it, it, it kind of makes sense that me we did potentially see a regression last year because it's it's going out there from hey just go hit somebody to hey listen you've got to do the right steps because if we want to be the most efficient unit, we've got to do the right little right stuff like y'all both said, taking the right steps, putting the hand placement right. And when you go from one mentality of wide open and play to another mentality of technical, Robbie, put it up there again, technical focus will slow the aggression at times. It's, that's the truth. And that's the truth with just about any line of work that you can put yourself into. And even more so talking about moving bodies and pushing people. All right, right. let's, let's go here next. I'm gonna we'll let you lead this tally. He just, dis- we discussed in the interview with him about how he is, trying to become a leader in that room. That's a big step. He's a young player, um, but he's a three-year starter now. Right. Brian was ample numerous times last year. He was probably the most consistent guy. He wasn't the most dominant at times, but you didn't see him get killed. If he did, it was just a handful of times during the year. You think he can become
2: that alpha? Yeah, of course. I I mean, it comes down to – it's not all about experience, but it is a little about experience. You know, when we go back to talking about just knowing what to do in certain positions, or even he's been there for three years. He's been to you know a couple of ACC schools a couple of times, and he knows how those environments are, so he's able to pass that along to the other guys on the team, and uh he's played a couple of different positions. You know, he's. He's practiced and moved and done a couple of different things on the line, so just the fact that he's done that uh, will help help him become a leader. And he seems like a smart kid too. Like offensive lineman, um, I mean, I know maybe on the old shows and stuff when they talk about somebody being a dumb jock I and mean, then have a, a brute that just Duh, I don't know what to do. You don't see very many offensive linemen that are just dumb. You know, like offensive linemen usually are pretty smart guys. So um they that I think that from talking to him and seeing him uh play, I think he can I think he can take that next step to become that leader. But it all comes down to you have different leaders, but it all comes down to what you do on that field. Uh, uh to that's gonna get you to the, the leadership role, right?
1: Yeah, I I agree there. And I think the big thing, and Tally pointed to it a little bit, but the big thing is is that he is a three-year starter at this point. So when defense are showing a look or they're showing a blitz or they're they're shifting, there's probably not a whole lot of things that they're doing in a game that he hasn't seen. So he he can translate that to other guys that may have less experience. So that's the big thing for me. And also, again, with – with that experience comes confidence and with confidence come the ability for others to look, to, look to you to gain confidence, right? So if he can step into that role, even if it's just by example, um, but if he's moving to center, he's going to have to have some of that vocal leadership as well. So he's going to be, need to be making the calls. He's going to be making the shifts. So there, there's going to be a lot of things where he's going to have to be vocal, uh, but there's going to also be areas where he's going to need to lead by example as
0: well. All right, Brian, we'll flip it back to you real quick because when he dropped that on us, when we were sitting there and he's like, yeah, I've been getting ready to roll over and been practicing center. It's just like, dude, you are an all American right guard, like freshman, all American right guard. And they want you to go play center. I mean, let me, let me get both y'all's thoughts on that because it's just like, I, I it makes me feel better because we were wor- We're worried about center. Like who can play if he can snap the ball. We know that man can play offensive line. We know that, but that's a, that's a big step, but I mean, what y'all think
2: kind of goes to the same thing as you saying him being a leader, you know, your center is your leader. Nothing happens until the center snaps the ball. You know, the center is making a lot of calls there in the middle. So, I mean, if he's stepping up to be the alpha dog, to be the leader, I mean, center is a good place to start at it, you know, He's getting everybody in line. He's he's been there for a while. And like you said, it just comes down to the exchange. If he can snap the ball, we know he can play offensive line. It just comes down to you know how those snaps look. Cuz last year sometimes Johnny was he was skipping <laughs> skipping the rock back there, you know <laughs> what I mean? So we got to be able to get the ball to the to the quarterback.
1: Yeah, got got to be able to snap the ball, but as you said, Tally, I mean, by default and I, I've said this to Curtis many times, by default, your center is going to have to have some sort of leadership role on the offensive line. Even if he's not the alpha, he's got to have some sort of leadership because when he barks, you got to listen. Um, so that, that's good that he's sliding into that role because now he can kind of <laughs> approach it from being the guy and also the guy that you're listening to from a check and, and call standpoint. Um, I think this is good overall. We had talked about, you know, either him or, or Jesse Hansen being potentially the, the guys that might slide into that role since we didn't see any sort of movement uh, of, of getting a starting caliber center in the transfer portal, at least in the first wave there. Um, so we kind of, we kind of figured it was going to be one of those two, just because that gives you at least your, your opportunity to put your five best on the field. Um, but, again, if, if you had to pick one, I think Caden's probably the better choice just because he is the, the guy that I think folks are going to look to from that leadership role to begin with. So it's better to kind of have that as your, your, your trigger man there in the middle.
0: Yeah, and that's so much about the things that we don't see behind the scenes. Who knows? They might have been asking him to try snapping the ball during practice last year, right? Like, hey, go take 10 reps snapping the ball. We don't get to see that. so And we see the portal. Why aren't we taking a center? Why aren't we taking somebody that can really help this offensive line? When in reality, it might be he's been working on it. And we've got Johnny. We know Johnny can play center. We're going to let Caden focus on guard, but he's going to work. He's going to work at snapping. He's going to work on some of those techniques that we need to do during our practice sessions. Because we heard, what, several times Price say, hey, we wouldn't let some of the young guys go out there and fully scrimmage. Who knows? Maybe – Caden Moore, during some of those scrimmages, Caden's going to go be center. He's going to mm-hmm. go out there and snap the ball to guys. We don't know that. The things behind the scenes yeah. we can't see. Right. But then we see things like this. And, I mean, for us, like, I, I love he said it to us. He-, he wasn't afraid. And that's another thing I love about Brent Pry. Players aren't afraid to have conversations with other individuals. Go ahead, Tally.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, like, it happens more than people see It's not a sexy position. The line guard center is not a sexy position. People don't pay attention to it as much as they pay attention to quarterback or wide receiver or running back. But you have a lot of linemen that move around and play different positions. Um, I mean, of course, I'm an Alabama guy, you know, not an Alabama fan, but I'm an Alabama guy. So I watched Alabama football. Alabama had, I think it was maybe like 2010 or 11. Don't quote me on that. We can do some research and find out for sure. But they had uh, Barrett Jones, I think, was yeah. the, the the offensive lineman there. He won two different awards to be the best. He was like the best tackle, then the best center. Yeah. Like the year they won the championship and whatever year it was, maybe like 2012 or something. And they usually play all those positions. And Barrett Jones, and also he, he had like a 4.0 while doing all this. Like I said, offensive linemen are very heady, and if they are asking you to play a couple of different positions, I'm sure if we looked up Caden Moore's grades, he's probably okay. one of the best on the team. Okay. He's probably one of the best on the team as far as grades go because it's not easy to be down there on the line and learn all those positions. So, all right, I want to jump no, off of
1: this too because um, yeah. I just put something on there for that, Robbie talked about. Um, you know, having all, all of his guys practice snapping at some point so they're you know potentially in an emergency situation, ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Tally can speak to this as well. But you know, one of the things that we always did, you know, we were expected to be at the practice field 15 minutes before the start of practice because offensive linemen were snapping the ball to any and all people that handled the ball from a quarterback perspective. So you know, you had guys that you know you had your two or three guys that were in the three D snapping to the quarterbacks so then other guys would take turns in, in that same rotation and and work on snapping for emergency situations because you know there are a lot of times you know as, as much as you don't want to do it you know if you get a couple guys to go down you don't necessarily want your third string center out there you might want to you know slide slide a, slide a guard over in there and, and work another another guard into the rotation from that from that too deep so um having guys that can snap that aren't necessarily, you know, got the C next to their name in the, in the program. Um, That's not never a bad idea. So this is something that he's probably worked on to some degree, you know, before this discussion happened at the end of the season.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, real quick, y'all. Brian, Tally led last time. So you get to lead it this time. Who's your right now, as we sit, who's your five on the line? You don't have to put Uh, where they're going
2: to be.
1: Chaplin, Hanson, Moore, Moore, Garrett. Oh, he, I know you're going to go Johnny.
2: Dang, you kicked Parker out? He kicked Parker out. Parker made him mad last year. What about you, Tally? I gotta. I mean, I hate to just say the exact same that he said. I would probably put Clemens in there. I've seen him on a couple of lists this year, for mm-hmm. working out and a couple of things. So because he has some experience, I give him a little bit of edge over Chaplin or Garrett. Not sure which one just yet. But I feel like they're going to have him start in there. How long he's in there, I don't know. But I feel like he's going to be in there somewhere. The Moore brothers, definitely going to going, – I think they got some good stuff coming for us this year. Yeah, I'm with
0: Tally. I think Clements right now over Gab because of the experience. And just because of those last few games, You said, Brian said it on here, Clements hasn't looked as bad as he did earlier in the season. <laughs> like something clicked. With Joe teaching technique, so I'm with I'm with Tally. On
1: that, that was that was my marked praise at the end of it the was. year. It he, he marked it. He he, said, he's not standing out as as, as, as bad anymore. Bad right now. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: all right, Tally, we're gonna we're gonna. So we we send this video to Tally because he wasn't able to join us. And almost the first thing out in Tally's text was not about the center or the coaching styles. Go
2: ahead, Tally. He got a rant. whole take. What what is it? <laughs> who eats that shit (laughs) i don't understand when we all right so where i work is on like a, a a major highway or major road here yeah and you can get pretty much anything within 10 minutes like go this way you get popeyes go that way you get mcdonald's go that way you get texas roadhouse go that way you get longhorns there's a Chipotle somewhere in there. Nobody ever says, Hey, let's go get Chipotle for everybody. You know why? Because it's horrible. It's horrible. I've ate that one time in my life and it came out of both ends and I was done. I want to <laughs> never touch it again. But besides that, it just didn't taste good. Like it, I don't know, man. I wanna maybe I need to give it a try in another state or another place, but <laughs> I, I, was saying, I was saying, I
1: was saying when he told me, I was like, "Were you patient zero for that listeria outbreak?" They had man, I think I was,
2: I think I was the f- <laughs> first person to get it, and I was done after that. Man, if you had have known, I, I, Tally, see, you I see some. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was gonna say, if you had known you got the listeria outbreak, you could have sued Chipotle and been a millionaire
2: right now. <laughs> man, I probably could have been a millionaire right now. We could have changed the name, the <laughs> Tally Hotel or something. <laughs> it would have been all right. <laughs> We'd have been doing this thing in the same house. We'd have bought a mansion and just lived together. There,
0: there we go. go, baby. All right. So, you know, there's Caden's interview. Um, again, we really appreciate him joining us. And don't worry, y'all. We had one today that I think next week y'all going to find even fire than this one. Um, that's a tease. That means y'all got to come back and listen next week. But let's keep it rolling. Back. Come on back. Always coming back. All right. We got a few more things. We're going to do this pretty quick. Um Let's do some hoops real quick. Let's talk about Tech falls to Miami tonight, seventy six seventy, and I'm probably more irritated. But anything is because as I we were sitting here before we got on, <laughs> what I tell you, you and Robbie gonna get along today, y'all meet. Um, so we <laughs> fall to Miami. We shoot better from the field than them. We shoot better from three points than them. They do get us in free throws, but you know, look, just not just this game. They beat UVA. We beat BC or lose to BC, beat Notre Dame, struggle with them, bad team, lose Georgia Tech, which just made Tally infuriated because he watched that game. We beat it's the mad. number one team in the ACC. And we hang with probably the best team in the ACC tonight. Can y'all make any sense of this team? No, No. It, no. It is so frustrating. You know, talking with so many people out there, it's just like – Dougie had said it the other week. This is the best good. This is the worst good team I've ever seen. Yeah. It it makes little to no no sense. It's
1: infuriating to watch because, you know, we look at it and we're like, all right, well, if this team could beat BC, which they should, if this team can beat Georgia Tech, which they should, if this team could just win a road game here or there, Jesus, that's all you have to do. But like those are three easy hurdles to clear, but we we have not been able to clear them. Then, meanwhile, we get you know you get a, a win at UVA, you're able to pull a win at Pitt. Like what? What's what's going on? Like, <laughs>
2: say it, Tally. So many, so yeah, you got so many games in basketball that people don't like football. People pay attention to the the losses, and and basketball it's like you get a pass because you've got thirty fucking games and if you play 30 different teams, you're going to beat a top 25 team. And I had people arguing with me saying, cause I don't, I I think Mike Young is a, is a great fit for Virginia tech. But at the same time, it's like, whenever we lose a game, we're not supposed to, I'm going to say it's his fault because I'm looking at the team and they're watching rebounds bounce right beside them, or we're throwing the ball to the other team. Like, if a, if the football team loses by 1 point they're going at the coach every single time basketball team loses and it's like well they just they beat us today i'm like no it, it, the effort was different today than it was when we go against top talent we bring our top game when we go against middle of the road teams we come with middle of the road effort you know Miami's a good basketball team. We lost by what six points? Yeah. yeah. So, not saying that that doesn't hurt now in our where we are, but if we had won those games of teams we were supposed to beat, and I'm using air quotations because every game's different. But if we had won those games against the Georgia Techs and uh, the BCs when one of their best players gets hurt, we the 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 Miami losses don't hurt you. No, yeah. You know, going into tournament play, going into trying to get into the into the tournament. But it's baseball season now. Y'all yeah, might as well quit talking basketball. It's <laughs> over with.
0: <laughs> and I believe the baseball team did win today, which we're going to hit on some of the next upcoming weeks. Um, we're going to have Shelton on talk about that. We're going to be paying attention to it, obviously. A couple other quick things to talk about hoops-wise, the women. Shelton said it on this program a couple weeks ago. This team can be an elite 18, and I'm gonna tell you, I've watched a couple games here and there. They're 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 sometimes tough to find. Winning for the first time at NC State against a ranked NC State team, and then beating three rank. They've won four straight teams against top 20 ranked teams. This team, like legitimately, if this keeps going, there's your best shot to be watching yeah. basketball in the late March the yeah. ladies with Kitley and and, and, and
1: they went out there and just laid it to FSU and Duke like it wasn't it wasn't even a contest uh Duke, I mean Duke Duke won a contest at the end of one like, th- they, they they had a lead and it was just they kept padding it. Um, you know Duke got a few few garbage time things in the fourth quarter to make it look a little closer than it was but that wasn't a game for three quarters
2: yeah. Kenny brought in some good, he he brought in some good transfers, you know, this past year as well. And some of the, some of the uh, young ladies that he brought in were high contributors on the teams that they came from. It was power five experience as well. Um, and, and basketball is a little bit different. So I don't 100% pay attention to where people come from to where they're going, because it's, it takes one man to be, a, have a good basketball team. It's true. Like, you can recruit one player and he can play basketball better than everybody else on the court and he can beat the other team by himself. I mean, it's a team sport but if LeBron plays, 18-year-old LeBron goes to the Hokies right now, how many t- how many times does that team lose? <laughs> Not many, Be- very few, <laughs> very you know, few, not many, it's two or three. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. probably lost the we probably lose the BC because we can't BC. Fucking beat them. <laughs> but other than that, like it takes one or two, yeah. like in basketball is much different than any other sport because it's so individualized. Uh, but back to the women's basketball team, they already had a couple of good players, mm-hmm. like um, yeah, from kids, last year, Killian Jordan. Yeah. kitley is awesome and then they bring in those transfers just to give that team depth and they look good man it looks it, it like you said it looks like our best shot to watch some meaningful basketball uh, uh late in the march so i'll be excited to see i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna be cheering like hell that they go deep into the into the um, uh tournament hopefully Absolutely.
1: we don't get a matchup in the first round like we had last year and somebody. <sighs> Team shooting 60% from three. Yeah. Well, you
0: listen, there, there ain't, there is only a handful of teams that can handle that barrage. A team shoots 60% from three. Just about every team in the country is losing. One last piece, not hoops, but wrestling. Since we've last been on here, crushing Duke, trusting UVNC, crushing UVA, getting the co regular season champions. So hanging another banner. The ACC championship is in a couple weeks. And as much as to me, like, similar to basketball like the wrestling oh it's an ACC championship this is big it's like yeah but we're really like it's almost like when we're a really good team like okay we're a really good team what does this even matter like yeah. all, there's there's five or six seven guys that are going to go to the nationals
1: there, there's a bigger goal in mind for this spot at this point. much
0: right because did got hurt last year in the ACC tournament right
1: yeah he got yeah. hurt
0: and that Screw his chance, win a national title. So I think it's awesome that the team is that good. Um, And it's one of those interesting sports to watch on TV and, you know, people saying watching it live, you get that hype when, you know, the match is going on. So I'm going to – obviously we'll pay attention to who goes to nationals, talk about that. I may attempt to get my buddy David on here to talk with us 10 minutes. We might have to do a little recording session. He is a CPA not the best time of year to ask that man 10 minutes of his <laughs> time.
2: So, it's um, tax
0: season. Yeah. So, uh, I had
2: a, the wrestling, the head wrestling coach got paid, didn't he? Yes, he, yeah, did. he did. He got yeah, his he got money. extension.
0: He got his he got money. Got extension. You go man. find him He's at PK.
2: There we yes, go. on him.
1: Yeah. Hey, you, <laughs> cheetah wings and beers on <laughs> Tony Roby. Yep. Cheetah wings and beer on
0: Tony. And, but hey, listen. You a top ten program? Guys winning nationals? They want guys to go to Olympics. You know what? Pay him because that's becoming a spectator sport. People are paying money to go watch those things. It's making. It's probably one of the sports that's close to paying for itself every year because getting yeah. TV revenues from going to national title plus putting you know four or five thousand people in castle, yeah, like.
1: And they're they're doing a good job with fundraising too. So yes, they if are. You combine that. I mean, they're they're breaking even, probably or pretty darn close to it right now. And yeah.
0: once you have a non-revenue sport breaking even, all the money that's usually sent to them stays with the football program. Mm. And that extra, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars, you can pay analysts. You know, you can bump the coaching <laughs> salaries up a little bit. I. Right. All right, so before we're going to be flipping back to football and get into some more topics tonight, but before that, we are going to take a quick pause for a message from our digital partners.
1: As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. All right, so back to football talk. And we're going to
0: finally put a cap on the 24 class. In a few weeks, we're going to bring Matei from 247 Sports to wrap it up in full and talk about the 24 class. But there was one more guy that committed um, on signing day, the traditional signing day, and that was James genetti Six-foot-five, 225-pound edge, originally from Durham, North Carolina. Actually, I think he played at Northside. I'll have to confirm that. Originally went to William & Mary then transferred to a JUCO, and now he's with the Hokies. Pretty highly regarded JUCO as well. A top ten national, four-star, the top edge in JUCO.
2: Y'all decide amongst yourselves who's talking first about this young man. Well, I mean, again, like looking at – I'm not a coach. I'm not a recruiter. I'm a fan. So, when I look at stuff, I look at a couple things – And one thing we've lacked for a long time is freaking size. Um, I got so tired of recruiting (laughs) 5'11 defensive ends. You know, like, come on, man. Seeing somebody that's 6'5", seeing somebody that's 6'4", 6'6", on the line makes me feel good. I don't know how good he's going to be. You know, everybody had their opinions about what they thought about it. Oh, he doesn't have a ranking. Oh, he doesn't have this. And then, boom, they say, oh, we we think he's a four-star. Then everybody goes, whoa, well, how did we get him? (laughs) Probably got to do with his size. He's bigger than everybody's playing. Probably a little bit faster than them. So maybe he can come over here and turn up. So, again, I like to do comparisons when you're talking players. Uh, Not same player, not same body, but – Kind of the same body of work as um came right in, in my head and then left. What we got him from JUCO, then he just got drafted to the Panthers. Oh um Amari Barno Barno yeah. Yeah. Same. I feel like it could be a, a, a Barno type move. You know, get in the weight room, get stronger, step in, learn how to play the position. Sky's the limit.
1: Yep. I was looking at him. I feel like he's about fifteen pounds away from being kind of what you want him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he's got some good tools, and as you said, he's got the he's got the size, the length that you like a, a defensive end to play with, an edge to play with. Um, you know, looking at the tape, uh, you know there are some things that look really good. There's some things that you know he can work on. Um, I, I think particularly out the gate he he uses his hands well um i think he still needs to probably work on some extra moves there um something to kind of kind of counter uh here and there but when we look at the size that that's impressive um and if like i said if he can get another 10 or 15 pounds on him i think we, we might be working with something there
0: And he's, and he's got a few years left as well. Um, because he came in in 2020 down at William and Mary, if you remember FCS canceled their season, they played the spring season. So technically he's probably going to fall into getting three more years of eligibility. So if we're not talking about bringing him, you know, day one to play, like I said, put the weight on this year, which, you know, not Northern Durham, Robbie, he went to Jordan, um, down in Durham. It's a, uh, Thing. But you know, it's putting the weight on it's that. And you know, can he become a Barno? There's a reason I mean, he went to an FCS school. And some people are like, oh, why do we want an FCS player? Well, some of those guys grow. Some of those guys show out. But if he went to an FCS school, and especially a William and Mary, he's probably a smart kid, play football. Somebody probably told him down there, hey dude, this is FCS. and this school was very slow to get you in your position. You need to go out to a JUCO and play somewhere because you get your tape with your size, you're going to get a P5 offer. And clearly that happened. So hopefully that can turn into something. Um, Let me get y'all's feelings on this. Uh, Reported just a couple weeks ago, Jalen Jones has left the wide receiver room. So now we're at 13 wide receivers, Um, not 14, And he's moved over to safety, and he's already, you know, got one of those Hokie Warrior awards. What do do y'all think? I mean, obviously this staff ain't afraid to tell somebody, hey, listen, go to that side of the ball,
2: you can play. Well, I mean, without diverging too much, you know, knowing what we know here, um, that wide receiver room is competitive. Mm hmm. And, and and you've got you brought in some guys that are going to play. And you may have some people in there that said, hey, what do I have to do, coach, to get on the field? There are some conversations like that. And that may have been one of those conversations where uh, Jalen Jones may have been saying, hey, I want to get on the field. What do I have to do to get on the field? And they said, well, let's take a look at this and it looks like he's working hard. It looks like you said, he's already got one of those awards. Um, He may be ready to uh, uh, make an impact somewhere else besides the uh, wide receiver room. You know, it may be special teams. It may be him stepping into a role similar to uh, divine Diablo did, you know, again, another player comparison. uh, He may have moved to that side of the ball and and he might flourish there. So, uh, what, what what I do like about it is that the coaches aren't giving up on kids. Okay, you're not good enough, just go you know. Some, some kids aren't some kids aren't a good fit for a school but this is a Virginia kid that apparently wants to be there um, he's made the transition to defense from offense after a couple of years and he looks like he's working hard to do what he has to do to help the team win um, I'm hoping that culture continues throughout uh, all of the rooms and we see more and more kids continuing to work to get us where we need to be, win some games. Yes, sir. Brian? Uh,
1: My big thing is that I love this because it's an opportunity for a guy that has obviously put out a lot of of effort um, that hadn't quite been able to crack into, you know, he was right at the back edge of the two deep last year. Um, obviously with some of the guys that were brought in in the off season, the transfer portal, um, probably there or lower heading into this year. Um, But he he didn't say, all right, well, I'm I'm falling down the depth chart. See you later. I'm going to go do something else. Conversations were had with coach and he decided, all right, let's, let's switch sides. Let's see if I can be an asset. And one of the things we had talked about earlier, and I've said it on here before and I'll say it again. I always liked the way Jalen Jones ran with the football after the catch. He ran mm-hmm. angry. He ran like Anquan Bolden did <laughs> when he had the ball. He ran like somebody that immediately turned into an oversized running back as soon as he got the ball in his hand. And if he can bring that kind of toughness and that kind of mentality on the defensive side, you know, hopefully that's a quick transition for him where – you know, he may be able to be a, a contributor by the end of this year and may be able to kind of work into the rotation at some point next year. And, and, and you know, as you said, Tally, maybe looking to, um, you know, get on the field like Devon Diablo did um, by making the switch from wide receiver over to, to safety. So um, I, I'm happy for the man, and I, and I hope him he, you know, he, he steps up and uh, that safety is a good fit for him.
0: Yeah. A couple of big things about Jalen just to know out there, Hokie Nation – he had not taken a red shirt yet. He had not taken a red shirt. He played in 10 games in 21. He played in 10 games last year. So if we're talking about him transitioning, if he does need that year, you got that red shirt year, right? Hey, learn the position this year. Let's get ready. You get you on the field next year. So it's not like we're in a time crunch with him. If it was one of those things where, like, listen, we've already red shirted him. He's a red shirt junior. he got to play this year. We have that ability to say – well, like I think what you said, Brian, is perfect. See how he, you know, tra- or progresses, and maybe at the end of the season, hey, let's get you on the field and get you in-game action for it, which will be great, and just best of luck from him. He is an RVA kid. He played down at TJ um, under Coach Adams, so you know, it, it, it's good to see they're doing the, the boys in-state like this. Um, so now, last piece, even though We're going to have to keep it up on our rundown tally. When we show tally to rundown, we talk about transfer portal. We keep transfer portal highlighted because it's an ever-growing list. This one we had to put on here, even though he's not taking up a scholarship and he's going to be a preferred walk-on offer. And that's Stone Snyder. Kid coming out of VMI, multiple-time All-American down at the FCS level, Last year, or his last two years have kind of looked like this stat line-wise. 2021, 120 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, four sacks, three fumble recoveries. Last year, 107 tackles, three tackles for loss, only a half sack, so not the explosion. But clearly a man who played at that level and excelled is coming here to one of the more solid rooms. Brian, I don't know. I know... You were going to try to look at the tape before we jumped on. Did you get a chance to look at the Stone Snyder's tape before we hopped on tonight?
1: Yeah, so looking at the tape, um, I'll tell you the thing I like is that this guy is really good at getting off of blocks. He's a, he's a block shatter. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, he's also a guy that is a sure tackler. Um, probably the biggest thing he needs to work on is he needs to work on his, his speed. We've heard that at, at, from a Mike linebacker uh, at Virginia tech. So we understand that limitation, um, especially when it comes to areas of coverage, but in terms of just being kind of a, a mic that can go sideline to sideline a little bit, um, can make plays in space and can can get off of blocks and and be able to make tackles that aren't getting, getting somebody dragged three, four, five yards down the field. It's a guy that can do it. Uh, now whether he can translate that up to the, uh, the power five level, that's, that, that remains to be seen, but um, just based on his technique and what he can do um, from an athletic standpoint, I, I think he's a good uh, player that you could potentially look at as a potential starter in games where you have a run heavy matchup. I, I don't think he's a guy that w- would contribute a lot for any sort of true spread or, or heavy passing attack. Um, but, but if you got a, a team that's going to ground and pound, he could, he could be an asset.
2: Pittsburgh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what size is he? What's his size? 6'3", 240 pounds. So he got some beef. He's 6'3", 240 with a name like Stone. He better be ready to punt. <laughs> <laughs> i seen one highlight, and he had a bionic arm or something. I don't know what was going on, but he had a thing on his arm like Batista had. And I was like. <laughs> He's probably tough. White linebacker middle with, with a name stone. He probably can hit. All I need to see is his nose get bloody one time. Fan favorite, we got Dax back. Let's go.
1: Dax 2.0.
0: Dax 2.0. Put him in now.
2: There you go. Put him in there. Tell him to go hit. Go hit. Hey,
0: We don't need to cover. If nothing else, it shores up the depth in that room completely you now you got tisdale you got lawson you got keller you got the outside guys who can play you got a really good two deep air he's an rva kid he played down in monakin um which is i believe i think monakin has still got a a former Hokie as a head coach down there so again it's things like this in the recruiting world right hey hey you know we would have taken stone here four years ago if we had been here but you go back and it gets those inroads and things like that. So, yeah. I mean, I feel good. You you, you have a hundred tackles at any level of football. You obviously kind of know what you're doing, yeah. <laughs> just because. Um, but again, it shores up a room, and now I don't think we're worried about linebackers. We got the depth there, and you know somebody's got to go from that room that's younger than they got to go. All right, so boys. Over the last six weeks, we have been seeing a lot of social media presence from our coaches out there talking about the winter workouts, putting the tough athletes up, putting the Hokie Warriors up. Y'all, I ain't going to sit here and name them all because if I did, it would take a little while. But y'all seen it. And if you're a Hokie fan and you haven't seen it, Go look at all the coaches' page. They're sharing these every week. They're retweeting each other. They're pushing these guys and pumping their guys up. And we took the we looked at it today because I'm a nerd and I make the lists and I made the big long list. And we sat here this morning, kind of talked about it. And it, it's something I, I can't remember if it was Tally or you, Brian, just that's the way my brain works. We talked about Cream rising to the top with this list. Because just about every player on this list played either a significant role last year on this team or was one of the prize transfer recruits.
1: Yeah, when we look at it, you know, you got guys like, you know, Gallo's on here three times, Hokie Warrior. You got, um, you know, Kelly Lawson. You got Mario Kendricks. You got uh, Mansour Delane. You got uh, Josh Fuga. Um, these are guys that have had a presence for this team last year. Um, Jalen Stroman on here two times. So, I mean, th- these are, these are big time players uh, that, that played key roles for us last year. Good to see them um, competing in the offseason. And, you know, when we look at, at the cream rising to the top also, let's talk a little bit about the couple guys that transferred in that are on this list. You've got, Um, canteen on here, you got drones on here, you got Jalen Lane on here. Um, these this is this is good because it shows you that these guys are coming in and immediately competing, um, and and buying into the culture that Coach Pride and the the rest of the staff has set for this team.
2: Definitely, definitely. Now, one of the names that I seen, uh, that I didn't see earlier actually was uh McCray. Uh CJ McCray, he's on there, right? Uh yeah, McCray was uh got got a tough athlete
0: award. Hadn't mm-hmm. got the warrior yeah.
2: award, but got the tough athlete award. Right. But the but McCray during the season, um, if you watch some of the earlier games, he jumped off of the screen, man. Like yeah. I don't know what happened later in the season. I don't know if he had injuries or or what, but watching him early in the season, it was like I think he was number 56. I was mm-hmm. like, Yep, we need more of him. You know, like that—that that looks good. So, I'll be interested to see, kind of, you know, what what he's able to do, and and all of these guys. You know, like you said, a lot of the contributors that uh, we expect to be big players for us, we've seen on there. Now, uh, pivoting just a little bit, um, of course, because I'm a Virginia Tech fan, I always get a little nervous of the people you don't see, you know, what, what, what's going on with with this guy. Why haven't we seen anything from him when we talk about um, Allie Jennings, you know, you talk about Allie Jennings and and, and us knowing he's going to be uh, a leader in that wide receiver room, you know, constantly looking for him, you know, constantly looking for him to win something. You talk about um, Dorian Strong. Yeah. Yeah what are we going to see from him this year? We haven't seen them on a lot of different lists like that, but I know it's some injuries and things like that that we're waiting to overcome. So that's more of the stuff that I've been kind of paying attention to this off season. Um, one thing I am glad about is that um, last season, it was so many unknowns. I didn't know if you go back and look at any of my Twitter page, uh, 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 timeline and stuff, when people talked about what we would do going to the season, I was like, yeah, not too excited. I don't, I, it's going to be tough to get to a ball game. And people were like, you're crazy. Look at this schedule. I'm like, we are the schedule. People <laughs> looking at us going, look at who we play. We're going to kill them. So uh, a lot of these players, I know them, you know? Yeah. We don't have Will Kustafagis playing wide receiver this year. Thank the Lord, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to your point, Talia, there are there are some names that have been missing, and we don't know if it's injury or just they're mm-hmm. not there, and that 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 does creep to worry in the back of your mind. Because for me, you mentioned Ali and uh, Dorian. Me not seeing Alan Tisdale worries me because he is the he is the oldest guy in that linebacker room. He's played the most. Mm-hmm. He's played the most, bar none. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back to 2019 when he down to Miami game when he's puking all over the field, playing his guts out. Mm-hmm. And last year came back looked great, you know, after the suspension. And, and that worries me. But then I look at this list too, and are y'all worried about not seeing some of the younger guys? Like, because there's not a lot of them. There's, you know, you
1: talk about the class of 22. It's other than Bryce Duke, I think. No, I yeah. see two big ones that I like. I see two big ones on there.
2: I know, I know he's seen, seen some on there. Go ahead, Brian. Go
1: for it. I, I see Johnny Garrett on there and I see Xavier Chaplin on there. So
2: offensive of lineman looking for offensive of linemen. <laughs> of course.
0: Well, who are you worried about not seeing on there then?
1: Um and I, I I've saying this guy's praises a lot, but I I want to see Daquan right on this list by the end of winter workouts. Because I know we got Nick Gallo is a big time workout warrior, but we're gonna need to rely on Daquan Wright to to be more than just a joker tight end that we can line up wide. We are gonna need him to be able to to get in the wing and get in line and do things like that because that's gonna open up some things for us
0: that we can
1: do offensively.
0: Say what you were saying earlier today about Daquan, because you really you made
2: a really point about him. Daquan is your, he is your next um, Virginia Tech tight end to go to the league. He he needs to be salivating to watch film like Travis Kelsey and uh, all of these tight ends now that are in the league that do what he does. If he goes hard, like Brian is saying, in this weight room, this off season, because he's already burst onto the scene, if he goes hard this offseason and, and, and takes that next step, and you don't have to take him off the field, he's going to cause some people some problems yeah. because you got to be able to block. You got to be able to line up right. You got to be able to be flexed out. You got to be able to know how to pick up blitzes. It's a lot of different things that you have to do at that tight end position. You pretty much are learning two positions you're learning wide receiver. And you're learning offensive linemen. You know, you got to be able to do both of them. So that is that is a that's a big one that Brian brought up. That uh I don't wanna use the word worry, even us talking about this, I don't want to use the word that it worries us, but it is something that you're like, I'd like to see something different out of that because yeah. um right, right is gonna be a big part of our offense. Um, he's gonna be a huge part of our offense, and even watching I'll just go back to I think it was the uh and it, um uh Malachi Thomas as well. Yeah. You know, I know he's been battling injuries but I was just about to say to go back and think about the North Carolina State game. Um we we that game looked totally different when Thomas got hurt. It like it took the air out of the whole team when he went down. Uh but the first half we couldn't do shit and then we come out that second half, and Wright takes over. You know, I think he took two passes down the field. Yep. and may have had about sixty yards receiving in two passes or three passes. So, um, him being a part of the offense dramatically uh, changes it when he's when he's there uh, um, and as a threat. So, I'm going to be excited to see where we go with yep. with with him.
1: He's shown he can get open. He's shown he can make plays after the catch. Um, you know, had that one big fumble that, you know, you kind of – you know, it is what it is. Um, he works on ball security. He works on block. And he can – I mean, the sky is really the limit for him, man. Because he is yeah. an athlete with a capital and,
0: A. And to both of y'all's points, if you can do everything, if you can go in line, wing, H-back, slot, X, if you don't take him off – if you, if you leave him on the field every single play – you basically, you're dictating the terms to that defense. Who are you going to yeah. put on him? Oh, you're going to put the 5'11", little cornerback, and he's going to come up and try to press him? He's going to ragdoll him to the ground, and then we're going to get it out. Oh, you're going to take that linebacker who's going to be two steps off of him? Go for it. We're going to run a little scene.
2: Now, now, think about this. Think about how we used Dalton King when we had him. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. And Dalton King is – and I love what Dalton King was. He's not half the athlete Mm-mm. of Daquan Wright at all. So, Don King went to the league. No matter how much he played, he got drafted and went to the league. He is a, I think Robbie said it, perfect match-up nightmare. And when he catches the ball, he ain't falling down like Bucky.
1: <laughs> He's still oh, running. This, is true. He's this run- is true. And I
2: love Bucky. I love Bucky. He was a match-up nightmare. But he wasn't getting no yards after the catch. Right is. So yeah. yeah. Man, Wright's I, a guy. I, I'm, I'm he, getting... he
1: runs again. We we talked about Alquan Bolden when we were talking about Jalen Jones. Wright kind of has the same same mentality. When he gets the ball, he, he's not just going down at first contact. Uh-uh. No. True freshman. True
2: freshman,
0: true freshman trying actually... to get
1: away and get extra yards every time.
2: And true freshman.
0: Also goes back to the way the coaches are teaching. Hey, you fumbled mm-hmm. the ball, it's all right. It's we're gonna football. We're going yeah. to get better. It's football. People fumble. And that's one thing. I think I said it. Who was it, Brian, that fumbled and they put them right? Like Keyshawn King last year, even though he's yeah. looking to leave us. A couple times, you know, Keyshawn fumbled. And he was out there a couple series later. They didn't bench him because it's football. Yeah. People are going Rabbis. to fumble. People make plays on the other side of the ball. Yeah. So, that wraps that up. Keep an eye on that if you're not out there. Um because it's good to see i love it to me it's just it's just lovely to see they're giving these guys the credit for busting their asses in the winter and they're getting recognition every week on fridays it's that roundup you're expecting it and i love seeing that because those guys deserve it all right we got a few more news and notes before we wrap up tonight um did y'all know the usfl had their draft today I saw some you told highlights, me. man. I saw I some highlights. <laughs> All right, you told me. you didn't know before I told you. Well, nope, man. Well, anyway, congratulations to Silas Danzy, Jalen Holston. Were both drafted by the USFL. Regardless what you say, they got drafted and have a chance and opportunity to play in the next level. Yep. So good on them. Um, I'm sure they'' they're, they're hoping it's like two months from now somebody calls that name, but they got a lot of stuff to go through before then and it's it's right. Really
1: funny, it's like you're secure
0: right now, guys. you got something.
1: Yeah, they got they have an opportunity to keep playing and show what they're worth. and you know it, it's definitely a, a, a platform that for guys like Silas and Jalen that may not be you know standout players in terms of getting combine invites and things like that. It gives them a platform to kind of show what they can do outside of their college system in a more pro style system with pro coaches. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys in these leagues that are coaching now are you know former NFL coaches and things like that. So, that, you know, they'll, they'll be able to see that the network kind of gets created there. So, it's definitely an avenue for them. Hope they make the most of it.
2: Definitely. And everybody's story different, man. We don't know where somebody's story begins and ends. You know, yeah. somebody. They can get in one of these developmental leagues or XFL or Canadian football league uh-huh. and they can make their career there. It's, it's, it's about money as well. So if you can play the game you love and you can make money for your family, have at it. Yes, sir. Once a Hokie, always a Hokie. We're going to root you out. You I'm right by that. And if, you win, if you win a championship, we're claiming that fucking championship.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, sir. We, won, we ain't got one. Well, speaking of making money, um,
0: now this is strictly here in Virginia, Tally. Um, this is not in Alabama, and Alabama is a state that mm-hmm. does not do it to our knowledge. The VHSL, the Virginia High School League, is proposing the opportunity for high school athletes to have name, image, and likeness. What's you all
1: I made the joke earlier, so I'll, I'll lead this just because I, I know what high school coaches make here. I was making the joke earlier. There's gonna be star players on high school teams if this goes that this through that are making more than than the coaches are. Because I mean, coaches' stipends in Virginia are like four or five thousand dollars. <laughs> it's yeah. uh it, it, for assistant coaches, so it, it's it's pretty 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 low ball. Um, and most most of them are teachers too. So you add a teacher salary plus that stipend, you know what we're looking at there. Um, so that's that's going to be kind of wild. I I have no problem with it. Y'all know I'm very much a uh, nil forward person. Um, if if people can use their image, name, and likeness to to make money, um, I'm all for it. So you know, let let it ride. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what t- what type of guardrails they put up in place for it.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. when you have stuff like that, you know, it's going to, like you said, it's going to be guardrails. They're going to have to do something to to make sure that it's uh, in compliance with what they're looking for. But, like, it, it, it's what the thing says, NIL is name, image, likeness. My name is Jonathan Talley. If I want to sign, if somebody wants to pay me to sign an autograph, if I'm a 12th grader, for my name, that's their money. Mm-hmm. I should be able to get paid for it, you know. Is it? It's gonna have some stuff up. That's gonna have to, like you said, gonna. We're gonna have to figure some things out, but I, I like it. I don't think it's a bad thing. And hell, I'm from Alabama. People been doing that anyway. Oh you yeah, know? like they've been they've been doing this for years oh, it's... Uh, behind closed doors anyway. So we might as well go ahead and say, well, we don't want to get you in trouble. We don't want to stop you from doing playing a sport that you love uh because you took some money and bought some Jordans. There you go. There's so. yeah,
0: Robbie talking about his stipend down in Greenville. I mean, I like it. Yeah. You give the kids the opportunity. Um, like you said, Tally, it's going on a lot of places a lot of places anyway. You might as well make it all out in the open. Um, you know, because if at least it's that way, you know who's you know, what boosts at what high school are stroking the checks. And, you know, that that can level some stuff out in some ways. But we'll, we'll see how it goes, because I'm sure it's got to go through legislation and all that stuff here in the state, which right. is going to be real interesting to follow over the next couple years.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle. uh I mean, because, I mean, obviously Virginia, I mean, recruiting is pretty much illegal from a, from a uh, letter of the law standpoint, but it happens all the time. Like, it ain't. you know, there, there's fudging addresses. I mean, there's there's a lot of kids that live in the city that, you know, play in schools in the, in the outlying uh-huh. counties here in Richmond area. Um, there's a lot of kids that are zoned places that end up playing for powers in the 757 that we know and love. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways around it. Yes, um, but but again, you know that's always been in place, and that obviously if, if you've got nil in place, that's just gonna kind of sweeten that pot a little bit more.
3: Hundred
0: percent. There's always a family member that lives in the district <laughs> that you want to play, as a guarantee. All right, two more things. Um, shout out to treadmill horse for putting this out there a couple weeks ago. Apparently, we're going to have a better cell service in Lane Stadium this year. Apparently, they put some antennas up. And, I mean, I'm one when I go to the game, and it's been, it'll has been it be three years now since I last stepped foot in Lane. I check my phone during the end of the quarters, if I walk to the pisser or halftime, in the end of the game. I'm not out there playing it. I know people are like, well, film Sam, man, it's so cool. I'm an old school head. I used to sit – in West stands, in the student section. And when you sit in that section, it is an experience when you feel your body move. So when I hear the kids out here like this, like, what are you, like, put your freaking phone down and enjoy it.
2: Curtis, you got to get into the new century, man.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, you, man.
2: You got to, you got to, listen, I got a seven, what's your kid's age? 10. Okay, they're still young. I got a 13 and a 17 year old. It's all about TikTok and Instagram (laughs) and all of that stuff. So people want to see the real world, the real stuff. Like they want to see the raw and uncut footage of Sandman and people running out and Brian getting drunk and falling over beside him. Like they need that cell service. They need (laughs) to have it better. They want those live updates during the game. I get you. I understand. We're not caring too much about that. Um, but those kids, when we're trying to pack that stadium, we want them to stay in there. Yep. We need them to be able to check TikTok to see what Cardi B doing. <laughs> okay.
1: I hear you. I, and I'll say this. So, you know, even if you're thinking from an old school perspective, there's times when you can't even send a damn text message.
0: That's that was a pain in the ass. So like if
1: I if I get separated from the guy I came to the game with, like, I can't even send a damn text message. Where the hell you at
0: three hours later you find somebody down at Tots on the fifth rail.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I gotta carry you home now. So I mean I I know I know Tally's gonna collect all of that Sandman footage he can the next time he's in lane.
2: (laughs) I'm getting all of it, man. (laughs) Man, I'll tell you what though, like I talk a lot of trash about Sandman, but um even being – like, when you're there, it's just a, a real – It is. Feeling, you know what I'm saying, to go through it. And even – like, I've been there when we played Clemson, whatever year. When, 17, uh, 17. 17. 17. When when, that place was uh, nuts game that day. day. Yeah, that was yeah, nuts. That, did you go to – like, so what? Did you go to the game day set that day? Kind of kind of I was I was there a little late but I did get I wasn't there right when it started but I got there and it was nuts man it, it is. was and I was kind of finding my way and filling my way around town um that was my wife's first game actually. I love right? that man cuz my first game was 16 and she went with me in 17 I, yeah I, I'll so. say
0: I say this I got to go 05 Georgia Tech game day mm-hmm. with said uh, my my fraternity brother David and my fraternity brother Brian and I will tell anyone if you if it if, if you are a tech fan and game day comes this year and you can go 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 it is a great experience it is a even if you can't get to t- it is football it is it is something different and I mean we got there about you because that's when it was like a two-hour show we got mm-hmm. there the last 40 minutes and I mean it was like this
2: yeah and, it, and when that's and how it I was with was, me I got there about the last Thirty or forty minutes, yep. And it and it just you feel it. Um yep.
1: Brian, did you ever make a game day yet? I haven't made a game day All yet. All right, there we go. There we go. That's All the right, it's on it's on the list, man. Sweet love. N- Come next on, time we're man, there, I'm man. buying a ticket.
2: There we go. Well, so the thing is, man, like me being here, I've been to a couple of games and you know, different sets uh of of of, of, of tailgates and things like that. When we came up in 16, we didn't know anybody. Me and my buddy, uh, like personally, like I know you guys now, we we just, we knew a couple of people off of Facebook, like names. Okay, he looks like this. He looks like this. And yeah. um, man, we got a warm welcome, like just walking by tailgates and, and, and having conversations with people. Oh, yeah. Hey, you talk different. Where are you from? I'm from bad, Alabama. What bad. are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? And then just it trickled into – you got a tailgate place here. You got a place. Yeah. Like, yeah, I met some people that's longtime friends. Like my friend Mike is like my brother. Now we talk on the phone probably once a day. Um, and that's who I've been to most of my games with now. Um, it's just a different feeling when you get to Blacksburg, man. in a lot of different places I've been, even when you talk about uh, Alabama, going to Tuscaloosa, going to, to Auburn uh of course i went to jacksonville state played you know uh, uh seen some games there um and just a you know alabama and m i live here in huntsville they're here so i've been to a couple of different uh, uh games but tailgate wise and just the community is just a different feeling and i know that sounds cliche to people who are not you know haven't been there and haven't experienced it but it is is it's something different i'm just I'm, I'm looking forward to the day when those when those games are as meaningful yep. as 16. There you go. I went in 16, um, and we played Miami on that Thursday night. It was just – it was electric, man. You know what I'm saying? And it was – even before we stepped on the field, you know, it was just excitement. Yeah. You know, like Virginia Tech football was back. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I look forward to getting back to those – Getting back to those games and getting back to those days and um, damn it, this is the year. Let's do it. All right. Well,
1: you, you already coupled the best environment with actually playing for something that matters, right? Playing those mm-hmm. meaningful games, and and I think that's what's been missing. I think you know, even when we were looking at kind of the upcoming schedule, we were looking at it last year, looking at it this year. I mean, it's not there's not a lot of what I'd call meaningful home games this year in terms of.
2: Games but if you're, that
1: are games that are probably big that are gonna potentially yeah. matter whether it's in the ACC race or something like that. So. Yeah.
0: But the thing is, if you sit here and and we we we're, you know we're, we're shooting a breeze now, we got one more thing to talk about. And we're gonna wrap it up because we almost been going two hours. Welcome, maybe to the new normal. But if you tell me it's late October, like the Syracuse game in Tech six and one, seven and zero, it's a big game. It don't matter. Like we're right. good. This game matters to us about where we're trying to go.
1: Yeah. Winning, is games, that, winning games, winning games, the whole thing. Yeah. Winning games changes
0: yeah. everything. You go, you start winning games regardless what the team is. The atmosphere changes. And at Tech, yeah. it goes from it's always an unbelievable atmosphere to, I mean, you think about 16 when you were there and then 17 at Clemson when we were unbeaten playing them. It's through the roof. And when yeah. we were going in the early 2000s, And, you know, KJ was there and Brian Randall and Hall. It was unreal. And and we're sitting here and we all are in our later 30s. And we're trying to tell this generation, it's like, don't leave at halftime. Stay. Like, watch the game. Be there. Because when this place gets loud and nasty, teams don't like playing here. They don't like driving up 81 from Roanoke and the smoke comes rolling off the mountains. And you see that big brick walls. You get on four sixty, and you know, oh man, it's about to get loud and nasty for a few hours on that field. And that's yep. what you know. That's what we've seen. That's what we wanted. Yep.
2: Speaking of, speaking of that, since we're talking about it, and like you said, I know we gotta wrap this up. What games are you guys? Uh, what games are you guys looking at this year that you're trying to trying to make? You haven't even thought about it yet. You thought about it. Well, I'm definitely going to Louisville. I'm um, wrapping that up. Oh, you going to – my- that's a road game. Yeah. I'm okay. Going to Louisville. I'm going to Louisville this year. I uh, got a couple of friends that's already got their rooms, and uh, I'm probably going to get mine Friday. Um, but I don't know which home game I'm coming to or how many home games I'm coming to. Right now, it looks like Purdue is probably the home game that I'm coming to. All right. Just because I refuse to come and watch us play ODU. I just don't, I don't, I I can't handle it. Either way, win or loss, I don't wanna see it. But Purdue is a team that, you know, we ain't played um, maybe a little different. I've seen us play Notre Dame. I've seen us play uh, um, Clemson at home. I've seen us play Miami. So I'm just looking for a good game. And that's an early game. We go into that – not if. We're going to beat ODU this year. We're going to go beat them this year, and then we're going to be 1-0. Yep. And then we're going to go in, and we're going to play Purdue. And I'm looking for us to smack them, and I want to be there. All right. All right. That's the two that I'm saying I'm going to, and I'm going to the spring game. Are you all going to the spring game? I'll be there. He's going to
0: be there. I can't confirm or deny yet. I got kids doing a lot of stuff. I ain't going to guarantee it. it. I mean, you've been there, and –
2: you know.
1: Me and me and Tally are going to link up regardless. We're y'all gonna link, link it up. We might come get
2: you, Curtis. You grab them baby boys and throw them in the back. Throw them in the back <laughs> of the family. Get the van. we we'll he we'll
0: over.
1: See. Get in the van, man. Get
0: in the Let's van. Go. Yep. <laughs> All
1: right. One
0: last piece before we wrap up. Y'all, D. Hall has got away from the media in that cushy job, and that man is going to be an assistant defensive back coach for the Panthers. He got the itch, right? Yep. He got that itch. <laughs>
2: Got the itch.
1: I mean, he's hey man, he's been I, doing I, I various types of media for a while, so I mean, it, it's it's interesting that he's jumping in the fray. But I, I'm I'm happy for him. That's yes. That, that's something that I think he's always kind of looked at, but just kind hadn't figured out. All right, when do I make the jump? What's the right move? When's the right time? And it, you know, he finally took that step. So good for Getting him. Getting his
2: coaching chops wet, so he can come back to Tech and help us out. That's what he's doing. He talked to me and told me that. All right, there we go. Online,
0: there we go. Tally's got some sources here. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to come back.
1: Tally's a real insider. Y'all didn't know that. Yeah, he is come the on, true man. insider. Let's go.
0: He is the true insider. Why y'all think we brought him on? He know everything. it is.
2: <laughs> All right. There it is.
1: Have anything broken in the last hour and fifty six minutes? Just the clock counting down this episode hitting two hours. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> all righty. Well, listen, y'all, that is going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner podca- podcast brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. I am Curtis Wilson, I'm Brian Siegler, I'm Tally. Visit our website, BoundaryCornerVT.com, to listen to all of our episodes. While you are there, don't not forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube account, Still Rolling. I saw a yada y'all out there tonight watching that. Also, your favorite podcast, Source them all: Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts. As always, our buddy down in Roanoke, Jason Long, he plays us in. He plays us out every week. Check him out on his website. JasonLong.com. It links you to all of his pages, including his Apple and Spotify pages, as well as his YouTube account and Facebook pages. Um, Jason's working on something for us that if we can get a certain person on this podcast, we will play. Um, and I don't think Jason's got anything on his calendar. Let's see. It's still cold. Still cold. Well, I don't know. It was 65 degrees out here today. I went out and played putt-putt driving range with the kids. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, it and it's right. going to be 40 on Saturday. So. I know, it's
0: going to be colder than yeah, Virginia weather this time of year. Alabama weather,
2: same way. <laughs> Crazy. All
0: right, yep. we thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for being here with us tonight. And as always, let's go. Okay. okay.